The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the fifth chapter. The gospel, gospel is printed in the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your pew Bibles on page 816. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman, woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under money, many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhages stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and how can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha, come which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Word of God, word of life. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So this morning, these stories are about faith. And I want you to take a moment and think about how you might define faith or explain it to somebody else who is wondering. It's something that we often commend to ourselves, right? Just, just have faith. Or commend to others, especially when things are difficult. But what, what are we really asking people to do or be or think about when we do that. Often when we talk about having faith, we mean it as trust and confidence and that intellectual belief in God. And that is true. Faith is trust. Faith is confidence. And faith is that intellectual belief in God. 
But that's not all it is. When we say have faith, we mean something deeper than that too. Today, our story from scripture reminds and reveals that depth to us. These people, Jairus and the bleeding unnamed woman, didn't simply have trust, confidence, and belief that Jesus could heal them. There was something more. They had a gutsiness. They had courage in the midst of pain and adversity. This is part of what faith is. Faith is also telling the whole truth about our situations. Faith means being vulnerable. Jairus was a religious leader. He was held in high esteem, and he approached Jesus, this renegade preacher. Jesus was not regarded well by the other religious leaders at the time. In fact, many of the other leaders were planning to subdue Jesus, but not Jairus. Jairus' faith and his gutsiness, his courage, led him to ask Jesus to heal his 12-year-old daughter, who was on the verge of death. He laid aside his reputation and trusted that his daughter could be healed. His love for his daughter has left him utterly vulnerable. The woman is nearly the exact opposite of Jairus. She's not a leader, and she has no social standing in the community. And she doesn't have an advocate to go to the teacher on her behalf. And if all this isn't enough, she's also ill. She's been bleeding for 12 years. Mark doesn't make a point of her impurity or isolation from the community, but because this was most likely vaginal bleeding, it would have rendered her impure. And just as important, likely unable to bear children. So she too has been rendered desperate and vulnerable, and for this reason she braves the crowd, seeking only to touch the cloak of this healer, whatever the cost. Two encounters, each in their own way vulnerable, each in their own way desperate, and their stories linked together in a way that I think is important for us here and now. Jairus makes a request to Jesus first. He is accustomed to having people follow his directions and to receive help in a timely manner. So he throws himself at Jesus' feet and begs him, my little daughter is at the point of death, Come and lay your hands on her so she may be made well and live. And Jesus goes. But they don't go alone. Throughout these chapters in Mark, we hear of a growing crowd following Jesus, pressing in on him. And in the crowd is this woman who will interrupt the story of Jairus and the healing for his daughter. A woman who has endured much under many physicians, and spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had the gutsiness of faith, the courage in the midst of pain. She has faith that any touch from Jesus, whether sanctioned or secret, will result in her being healed. And knowing this, she crawls forward and takes what she wants by touching the hem of his garment. At the same moment that she was physically healed because of this 
taking of the healing, Jesus recognizes that the power has gone out from him. In his own body, he feels a change. The body of Christ is literally changed by this encounter. And he wheels around, and we can imagine he's pretty grumpy about it. He asks, who touched him? And of course, the disciples are like, Jesus, everybody touched you. We're in a huge crowd. But there was something different. And the woman could have crept away just as she had come, having already received what she came for. But she does not. Even though she's afraid, she presents herself to Jesus and she tells her whole story at his feet. She tells the whole truth. My favorite author, Brene Brown, when speaking about courage, reminds us that courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, which is the Latin word for heart. So in one of its earliest forms, the word courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. This is what the woman does at Jesus' feet. The physical healing was only one part of the equation. Jesus pauses on the way to Jairus' journey to excuse me, on the journey to Jairus' house and acknowledges the woman, acknowledges a new relationship, calling her daughter. Her symptoms have disappeared. But it is not until she returns and has a conversation with Jesus that he pronounces that she has been made well. He says, your faith has healed you. And her faith is more than that belief that she could be healed. It was the bold action, her courage to tell the whole story, and then being welcomed back into community and relationship. In the meantime, we hear the tragic end to Jairus' daughter's story. People come from his house and they say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble this teacher any further? Basically saying, Jesus should just go home. You're not going to get what you want today, Jairus. These moments with the woman have cost precious time for Jairus and his daughter. But there's something interesting in how Mark tells us this story, we don't hear what Jairus' reaction would be. We imagine he might be angry or distraught. But instead, we hear Jesus' reaction. Don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. Jairus and the crowd have just seen what this trusting can look like. Courage, risk, telling the truth, restoring relationship, and being made well as a result of the encounter. And so they keep going to Jairus' house. And Jesus goes into the place where death is real. It has happened. And shows Jairus and the crowd and us that death is not final. A preview of what is to come in his own ministry and life. So what do we do with all of that? This story that gets interrupted and is confusing and has all these different layers. What if we have kept the faith? What if we have prayed and begged and told Jesus our story with our whole heart and we're still sick 
or we're still in pain, we're still addicted, we're still dealing with mental health issues, or someone we love dies. You and I are not necessarily called to go around curing the symptoms of other people or raising them from, from physical death. But we are called to seek Jesus' touch. We are called to stay in touch with Jesus so that we can be agents of salvation. Not making sure that everyone gets to heaven with us, but helping people know the peace and love and care of Christ. Liberation and wellness in the fullest sense of the words. We are called to be the body of Christ for other people, changed by our encounters with one another. And so I don't have a good reason for why some people's physical symptoms get healed and other people's don't. I don't have a good reason for why some people miraculously recover and other people die. But I do know that Jesus comes to us in those places, bringing comfort, bringing hope, bringing courage. And maybe in those other places, when we are the body of Christ for one another, it can be as simple as letting our stories be interrupted, leaving space for somebody to tell us their whole story, and discovering healing in the moments of listening and being heard. When we stay in touch with Jesus, our words and our touch and our presence have life-giving power, perhaps more than we even realize. We have the power to join one another in difficulty and in joy, and in the way that new life becomes a reality on this side of eternal life. So may we be bold enough to ask and approach Jesus with courage and tell our whole story. May we be bold enough, like Jairus, to ask for what we most deeply long for. And may we sit with one another in those places of sorrow and need and joy and share the stories so that we might be a life-giving presence to one another too. May God grant us the faith and courage to make it so. Amen.